Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? In this episode, we'll celebrate new beginnings, learn what it means to build on a foundation when it comes to setting goals, and you'll hear about my recent mom win at the grocery store. This is episode 61. Here we go. Well, happy new year, my friends. Can you even believe it? Where did last year go? I'm overwhelmed. I am so grateful just that you're here stepping into a fresh new year with me. So truly, thank you for tuning in this week. I love new beginnings so much. I mean, it's one of my absolute favorite things in life. Turning that calendar over to January every single year, I just... Oh, I get so excited. <laughs> I have a new planner and I have I've been waiting for like three months to start this new planner. <laughs> Is anybody else like this? I don't know. I just get so excited at new possibilities and a fresh, clean start. And I don't know if you're like me, but anyways, all that to say, I am very excited that it's 2019. I hope that everyone had a wonderful Christmas. I just absolutely love that holiday. It's probably my favorite holiday that we get to celebrate all year. And I just, I think what it is too, is just seeing your kids' excitement as they open their gifts and watching the wonder of it all through their eyes and just seeing the glow of the Christmas tree lights every evening leading up to Christmas. And it's been so, so special and precious. And I just, I love teaching them to celebrate Jesus' birth and entry into this world. It's just so good, so important that we do that. And so I don't know. I I've I have loved the Christmas season. I mean, I watch all the Christmas movies. So anyways, I hope you had a wonderful celebration as well. I thought that today being our freebie, our natural opportunity to start fresh with a brand new, never before experienced year beginning. Let's chat about 2019 and what we can do to approach the year with joy and renewed energy. So as I've mentioned several times throughout this podcast from the beginning, one of my favorite authors is Gretchen Rubin, and she has an incredible book about habit change and how to form good habits and break bad habits, and it's called Better Than Before. I would highly, highly recommend it if you don't already have that book to check it out. So she has some strategies for people about how to form these good new habits. And one of her strategies is called the strategy of the clean slate. And so for us, as we approach this brand new year, it's just such an amazing opportunity to evaluate, reevaluate, reflect, and grow into a more loving or joyful mama for our families and our world around us. So everyone loves to talk about and set goals for the new year. I mean, right? It's all the good stuff. I, I do too. And honestly, I believe it's a good discipline and healthy exercise to do this. And as you know, I love opening up the new planners with the blank pages ready to be filled, like I said earlier. The only thing before we start this conversation today that I want to caution us all with is that life can take unexpected turns and the very common be your best self message that's out there right now in the world can get shattered in a moment by the loss of a loved one, a job change, a move, a personal struggle, you name it. So just hear my heart heading into this conversation today. All of the things I will say are meant to encourage and inspire us forward with God's strength underneath us, helping us to soar into 2019. But just know and understand that if you 
end up in a situation where you are suffering or hurting or failing to reach a goal or something you hoped would happen doesn't end up happening, it's okay. God is still good. I can't explain his wisdom or sovereignty in allowing things to happen or not, but I can trust his faithfulness and his provision. I am so grateful that no matter what you and I face this year, he is with us and he is for us and his love never ever runs out. All right, so acknowledging this feels good, right? Before we dive into the goals and utilizing the power of the clean slate, I hope this caveat sets you free from thinking the success of the year ahead is all on your shoulders. It's not. But we do live in the tension of faith and trust and action. We can take steps in the right direction and put ourselves in a position that is healthy and good. Does that make sense? So here is my first encouragement to us this year. Check your foundation. This has the potential to be the easiest, most powerful strategy of habit change. Gretchen Rubin talks about prioritizing habits that most directly strengthen self-control. And that's from page 59 of Better Than Before. The four foundational habits she talks about, and I completely agree with this, are sleep, move, eat and drink right, and unclutter. So what she means by these things, these foundational things, is that when you get these right and you really prioritize these, you get the biggest return. You know what I mean? So if you're sleeping well, that's going to impact your life in an incredibly powerful way. So let's talk about sleep for a second. On page 61 in her book, she says people don't want to lose that precious open slot of time. She's talking about at night, like when your kids are in bed and all of that and you're alone and or just with your spouse. And So people don't want to lose that time even to sleep. She says it feels like a deprivation and people hate to feel deprived. This it's my only time to myself phenomenon is a big habits challenge. But the fact is we need sleep. And that's a direct quote from Gretchen Rubin. We'll dive into this whole topic of sleep more next week. So for now, we'll say this is for sure a foundational habit we need to prioritize and keep working on. You know, I have said many times on the podcast that those nights when I go to bed before a certain hour, and for me, it's the 10 o'clock hour, I am more energized the next day. I feel better. I have a, I'm just more in a pleasant mood, but if it's pushing 11 o'clock because I get up so early, it, oh man, if I'm, if I go to bed at 11 and get up at five, you can only imagine, right? That's just not setting myself up for success. Now, granted, if you are in a stage where you cannot get a lot of great sleep or you have a weird funky work schedule or something's off, that's a whole different ballgame and we're not addressing that right now, but we are just establishing sleep is important. So do whatever you can to make sure you get they recommend seven to eight hours and I would say a solid eight is when I feel my best right okay so the next foundational habit Gretchen Rubin mentions is movement so now we all know it's good to move our bodies every day but many of us fail to do it or we overestimate our level of activity that's a classic (laughs) I know I've done this many times only now that I can track my steps I can truly see how I'm doing and oh it's kind of challenging it's it's good it's like Sometimes, some days I'm thinking, oh, I must be doing great. I feel like I've moved a lot. And I look at my my Apple Watch and it's like, you've taken 3,200 steps instead of anywhere near 10,000. So I've seen a million ads, gimmicky sales and all of that. I'm sure you have too about how to get yourself to actually work out or move your body. But here's the thing. If you honestly look at yourself, your personality, your preferences, all of those things, and pick a workout and a strategy to move your body every day, only you can make that happen. The benefits need to draw you in and encourage you to keep up the good work, right? For me, keeping it simple in this area of movement means 
I aim for a daily leisurely walk with my little boy and I work out most weekdays in the morning really early at the gym. Now this doesn't have to be your pattern by no means. You may love running like my husband does. Maybe it's enjoyable to run with friends or maybe you love being alone. It's that time you have to to freely just think and create and dream as you go. Some people I know love group exercise and the accountability that it provides. Some don't need any outside motivation. They'll just do it by themselves. They're very self-motivated and driven. Maybe you love Pilates or yoga or spin class. Whatever it is, come up with a fun way that you're going to be excited about most days (laughs) to move your body every single day. Part of the reason I think we fail at establishing this foundational habit of movement is that we get too intimidated by the seemingly thousands, okay, maybe hundreds, I don't know, thousands, (laughs) it seems to me, of better looking fit moms on Instagram or whatever, and we lose all motivation and we give up. Or we set too high of an expectation and we start, but, you know, we we just drop out. Like our motivation just about February is just gone, right? Um, sometimes even our moving our bodies becomes a very weird way to like punish ourselves for eating poorly too. Like I've heard women over the years talk and and say things like, oh, I had this cake and now I better hit the gym. And that is really an unhealthy way to, to function because that's that punishment reward thing going on and that can lead to eating disorders or at least very toxic thinking when it comes to food instead of that balance and that notion of intuitive eating and intuitive just paying attention to your body and your body will tell you what it needs. So anyways, I just think that sometimes we fail at this movement <laughs> foundational habit because there's a lot of intimidating pictures and images that are out there and as we age we're gonna have to adjust our goals appropriately and I'm not saying lower the bar like oh well I just turned 40 so now I can never do this type of exercise again (laughs) that's not what I mean at all but just adjust you know what you could do when you were 20 you might not be able to do now as, as easily Okay, so the third foundational habit was to eat and drink right. So similarly with, like I just mentioned, we can get into this weird relationship with exercise. We can get entrenched in a very toxic relationship with food as well. Statistics show us sadly that this is a common problem among women. And I'm here to encourage you today that there can be a balance where we don't swing from one extreme to another. Like no deprivation, but yet no continual indulgence, if that makes sense. No setting up your, you know, setting yourself up for rewards, punishments. This sugary thing means I failed. Therefore, I'm going to have to like go on the Stairmaster an extra 30 minutes. Like that's just so, so dangerous and so unhealthy. And believe me, I think we've all done that or thought that way at times in life. But I just want to set you free from that today. There's a better, a better way. Personally, I love the French approach. You find your true pleasures when it comes to food. And yes, you indulge appropriately and not every single day, but you indulge throughout the week. Enjoy what you really love and then stop. (laughs) Don't keep going and overdoing it. Adjust the next day if you had an indulgent, luxurious, decadent meal the night before. We love to live in extremes in our culture We work hard, play hard, and then I would add party hard. So that attitude of extremity or entitlement, like I've worked so hard, I've had such a stressful week, I deserve this, often invites a variety of addictive habits into our lives that are difficult to break once they've formed. 
Similarly, a treat like a fancy coffee or rich decadent meal ceases to be a treat when we have it too often. Isn't that a phenomenon you've noticed in life? If you ate the richest, creamiest, most delicious food and sweetest drinks every day for every single meal, you'd probably make yourself sick or at least the food and drink would lose their magic and cease to be special. Now, I personally have to do this with coffee. I have to keep it a treat. Now, what I mean by that is a fancy sugary coffee that's more of a of a dessert. So you can't do that every day or even several days a week, again, or it starts to lose its kind of special aura about it. If we have treats more special, sparingly, they can remain something treasured that we truly savor. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. So the last foundational habit that I wanted to touch on today was unclutter. And this seems basic, but I am telling you the research and experience in my own life and my friends' lives shows that uncluttering your home or work environment can calm your mind and your heart. It's the amazing feeling you get after cleaning out your car or your purse, knowing where your things are, not feeling overwhelmed every time you walk through your front door. I am not saying that our homes have to be picture perfect at all times. Heavens no. I mean, especially not with kids. It's so hard. They are adorable little hurricanes that come in after you've just cleaned, <laughs> right? And, and mess it all up again. <laughs> But what I mean is clearing out the clothes that are never worn, the toys that are broken or never played with anymore, the junk that accumulates slowly but gives you that feeling of guilt or shame every time you see it, right? That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I want to say about two months ago on my Instagram stories, I posted how we had kind of a look like a bomb went off in our house because we were unpacking from being away for Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness. So we had bags all over the living room. We had stuff all over the kitchen counters because what we did is we came in kind of late in the evening and had to just dump it all and go to bed so that we had a good sleep because the girls had school the next day so we had just chaos I mean in my mind I cannot handle like everything every surface covered with stuff it just is really intense (laughs) and so I looked at it and I'm like all right here's what we're gonna do the next day we're gonna you know the girls went off to school and then I set a timer and I was like all right I'm gonna try to get this kitchen done in like 20-30 minutes set the timer play Michael Buble Christmas music because that was the season we were in at the time and I did it and you know what just the more those surfaces got cleaned off things were back in their place uh, and then I attacked the living room and I, I just put all of the clothes where they needed to go and got rid of all the bags put them back where they go and I'll tell you what my heart even my blood pressure I could feel okay I'm good and they've proven that like your actual physical response to clutter it's crazy how much our physical environment impacts our mental state so here's some incredibly sobering statistics that I want to share with you from the becoming minimalist blog this is from Joshua Becker okay are you ready for this He says, over the course of our lifetime, we will spend a total of 3,680 hours or 153 days searching for misplaced items. (laughs) The research found... We lose up to nine items every day or 198,743 in a lifetime. Phones, keys, sunglasses, and paperwork top the list. Oh, can you believe that? I I completely have experienced this. Okay, I'm going to link this article that I'm going to keep quoting here about how to become more minimalist in our show notes. So there's here's some more statistics. Here's five of the 21 statistics that are listed in the article. Are you ready? <laughs> are you ready for a few more? There are 300,000 items in the average American home. 
the average size of the American home has nearly tripled in size over the past 50 years. And still, one out of every 10 Americans rent off-site storage, the fastest growing segment of the commercial real estate industry over the past four years decades. He goes on, while 25% of people with two-car garages don't have room to park cars inside them and 32% only have room for one vehicle. (laughs) I've seen this in our neighborhood. Most people park outside the garage. I am proud to say we cram our two cars in there and it's tight, but we've, we've, we've done it. (laughs) My husband is very good with the garage rack storage and above the rail and all around and things are mounted on the wall it's it's like a puzzle put together just amazingly well but it takes a lot of paring down and we pare down every single year we go through and make sure we don't have extra junk that we don't really need anymore okay here's the last two Oh man. Okay, I think I said 5 but I'm giving you 6. So, the United States has upward of 50,000 storage facilities, more than 5 times the number of Starbucks. Currently, there is 7.3 square feet of self-storage space for every man, woman, and child in the nation. Thus, it is physically possible that every American could stand all at the same time under the total canopy of self-storage roofing. Ugh, wow. And lastly, British research found that the average 10-year-old owns 238 toys but plays with just 12 daily. Oh, Wow. I mean, my heart just drops when I read that. It's so true. And um, Gretchen Rubin, who I've referenced earlier, she has a, a book coming out very soon, I believe in March, called Outer Order, Inner Calm. And I'm just, I've already got it on pre-order. I'm so excited about this. If the habit of uncluttering is one of those foundational things that can have such a big impact on us, that means, you know, tackling a clothes closet where we've been hoarding clothes or, you know, just the stuff we're hoping we fit or wear again someday just deal with it now. You know, it's going to, it probably is going to linger for another several years if we don't deal with it now. You can donate a bunch of your children's toys. You can empty one half of your garage so you can actually park your car in it. Let's just do it. So I've given you permission. You don't have to keep everything and you will find a lightness and freshness in your home and in your mind and heart when you declutter and get rid of things that are weighing you down. Ooh, okay. So that was checking our foundation, right? As we head into 2019, all those aspects. So we talked about sleeping, moving, eating and drinking right and uncluttering. Okay. Here's the second thing I want to encourage us to do. Narrow your focus. Narrow your focus. Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, as much as you and I may want to set 10 new habits in motion, like right now, right this instant, the fact is we are usually capable of less things at once, like smaller changes building into more substantial changes. Or my favorite, those habits, like those foundational ones that have the positive domino effect. Like for example, if I get more sleep, I'm less cranky in the mornings, I'm more cheerful with my family, I start the day better, I have more energy. All those domino effects are so good. If my goal is have more joy in the mornings with my kids, yet I'm sabotaging myself over and over again by going to bed super late or indulging in destructive nighttime habits, I will struggle to meet that goal. I won't have that upbeat attitude and I won't be very joyful the next morning. Every single time I find this to be true. So you and I cannot attack like 50 or 20 or whatever it may be, lofty goals all at once. Despite my best intentions, I know I just can't. So this is actually kind of a a hard truth for me to acknowledge, but it's worth acknowledging. An article that I will link in the show notes about goal-setting mistakes said, 
be careful not to set too many goals at once, like what we're saying. When you start setting goals, they say you may, you know, start to see things you want to accomplish. So you start setting goals in all these areas. They go on to say, the problem with this is that you have a fixed amount of time and energy. If you try to focus on too many different goals at once, you can't give individual goals the attention they deserve. Instead, use the quality, not quantity rule when setting goals. Work out the relative importance of everything you want to accomplish over the next 6 to 12 months. Then pick no more than, say, three goals to focus on. Remember, the success of your work towards a goal rests on focusing on just a few things at a time. If you limit the number of goals you're working on, you'll have the time and energy you need to do things really well. Okay, I thought that was such a great piece of advice. Again, I have found this to be true in my own life. Have you, if you've like set too many goals at once and you're like, but I said I was going to get up at six and go running and then I want to drink a bazillion ounces of water and I want to stop snapping at my kids and I want to do this and it's like, oh boy, just like... If we pare down and focus on those foundational ones and the big ones that are overarching, that impact so many other areas of our life, that is the best way to do it because we can't do a million things all at once as much as we would like to try. I mean, we could maybe for a little while, but then we'll crash and burn. Either our health will fail or we'll get frustrated or or something will come crashing down. So that is the next thing. Okay, here we go. Here's the next piece of advice I have for us heading into this new year. Let go of old expectations. Sometimes we act like we should be able to look or feel and be just like we were when we were younger, (laughs) whatever that looks like to you. So as we get older, of course, things will change. Our legs and tummies and skin and hair and everything will not stay like they were when we were teenagers or even in our 20s. I wish, but alas, no, they don't. So instead of despairing or fighting it, there are ways to positively embrace who we are becoming as women and how our bodies change that do not involve these drastic measures or like self-loathing. Smiling and laughing is one thing I know that immediately improves our faces, even if there's wrinkles and all, you know? Some of the most beautiful older women I know smile so much and it just makes them so elegant and beautiful to me. We can get to the place where we are content with the process of aging and I know everything around us says to fight it, to deny it, to change it. There's like anti-aging creams and all these things. And and I'm not even saying those are bad. I'm just saying everything around us in the culture says youth is best. Youth is most beautiful. So by letting go of old expectations, like I used to do this when I was 20 or my abs were tight and strong before I had kids, whatever it may be, releasing the old expectations without resentment or bitterness will help us walk in joyful grace in the current season we are in. Another way we may hold on to old expectations is in the area of productivity and work and energy. And again, the simple fact is we are all getting older and work changes, life changes, our families change, and hopefully we are changing and growing into more maturity and learning how to set better limits and boundaries with our time and energy. So the day-to-day life we lead now may look quite different than five to 10 years ago, but that's okay. It's probably really good that it looks different. I know for me personally, I can't inventory right now as a stay-at-home mom and be like, well, that's X amount of dishes washed, three loads of laundry done, dinner was made, kids were taught, played with, given baths, we read stories. We, you know, I can't quantify my work or life as a stay-at-home mom. And it would be ludicrous to compare what I quote, get done in a day. (laughs) Those are air quotes that I'm doing with my fingers right now. Um, to what I used to be able to do. The simple things you can do when you're single actually become quite challenging when you have children. Like, 
for example, talking on the phone to schedule an appointment. <laughs> Every single time I do this, our kids like decide that they must talk to me right then or they start bickering and it's always a fiasco. Every time. <laughs> When I was single and working several jobs, of course I did a lot in a day, and it sometimes feels like I did more, although anyone who has walked through an intense season with toddlers and discipline knows that that is plenty of work and it will exhaust the best of us. <laughs> but anyways, as I reflect back to from like being single and before kids till now, I have to remember and have perspective. That was then, this is now. I did a lot then, but I also do a lot now. Does it look the same? No, not even remotely. I need different things now and need to prioritize different things. I need to have different goals and different strategies to unwind and relax and carve out times to have quiet and peace as a mama. So don't judge yourself too harshly for the current season you're in. Just acknowledge it honestly and set goals that are most pertinent to your health and growth right now. The next encouragement I have for you as we head into 2019 is to release long carried burdens. There is a time to sort through things like pain from the past, hurts and wounds, and maybe even scars from life and you know things that happened to you years ago. But then there is a time to release those things and to move forward in healing and with hope. I'm a trained counselor and one huge thing that I remember about my program as I was learning all of these things was that the goal is never for people to stay stuck in their pain or their grief or even their trauma. The goal is to heal and learn strategies to cope and then eventually to thrive in this life. Support from others is often key to people's healing and growth, and I also think it's important to lay down any of those daily burdens in prayer so they don't become heavy and overwhelming. And sometimes an old burden that you've carried for so long starts to feel like really familiar and you think, it's been this way for years, I can't, I can handle it, I don't, I don't know how to let it go. So you don't release it and it continues to bog you down and impede your progress. It's kind of like this. Imagine you had emptied all the trash in your house, but forgot one room. One small trash bag had some old food and somehow got neglected. You clean out every other room, thinking now the house should smell fresh and clean. And then all of a sudden, a few days later, you catch a whiff of something icky and stinky. You're puzzled because you thought you did the work to rid the house of the old rotting garbage. But no, there's something, something sitting there somewhere you have to find it. You slowly and thoroughly check every room and every trash bin. Your patience is rewarded. You find the small little trash bin that had been forgotten. Empty it quickly, clean out that can, and light a beautiful candle to help clear the room's odor. That is exactly like our hearts. We can do the work to take out the trash, get rid of the stinky and yucky parts of our past, but sometimes we forget that one thing, one hurt. One mean comment that stuck with us for years. One insecurity. And we notice something is off. We aren't thriving. We aren't walking in confident joy and peace. Often when this happens, we have to patiently go through each room of our hearts and ask God to show us the spot we neglected and let him take our hurt and pain or bitterness or anger and heal it, take it away, restore us to that pleasant, beautiful state of being. So let's step fully into freedom and joy this year. Are you with me? The last tip I have for you heading into the new year is to craft your goals prayerfully and reevaluate your life right now. This is pretty self-explanatory, but what I mean is just to consider all these truths that we've been talking about and craft your new year's goals carefully in prayer. 
Look at all aspects of your life. Think through how you're doing, the successes of last year, something that worked for you, something that you feel like you really made progress on. And going to that secret quiet place I talked about in episode 56, I think is key here. Asking God for help in approaching this new year with hope and joy. Recognize that life can have those unexpected twists and turns, but if we can set a few realistic but solid goals for ourselves that we can focus on, we can always keep growing. 2019 is going to be good. For me, I am looking at a few things I want to tweak about my parenting, so I'm going to walk you through this as far as how I approach goals based on all these things we've just talked about, okay? So if I'm evaluating and thinking and praying, there's two aspects I want to, to focus on with parenting and tweak meal times and screen time. So here's, here's how I break it down. Meal times, right? Just having a more consistent expectations for my toddler. So my older girls, we have very clear expectations. When they were young, they were never allowed to get up and wander around the house with food or snack too often or whatever. We had like set times of day where we did certain things. And with my toddler, I've noticed we've been getting into some bad habits where he snacks too much because he's just getting into all the cupboards. So he like goes and grabs an applesauce pouch or does stuff when he's just had breakfast. And then by the time lunchtime rolls around, if he's had too many snacks of course what is the logical thing here he's not as hungry so anyways just little things I'm trying to tweak where I have a more consistent expectation and follow through with him when it comes to food and manners at the table and not dropping spoons and throwing things on purpose like just to be funny or whatever no we're not gonna do that so anyways that's my first one is meal times and the second one was screen time and you can think like oh we're doing good and then you really think about it and you really evaluate it oof we're going to cut way back. Just keep cutting, <laughs> keep cutting way back. So the strategy of convenience is something Gretchen Rubin talks about in Better Than Before. And that is basically that people are more likely to, to follow through with habits when things are convenient. So the opposite is true too. If something's inconvenient, you're not as likely to go do it. Like if you have a gym that's far away, as her example, you're not going to go as often. But if it's right down the street or you, you know, super close, you're going to go more often. So when it comes to screen time, one thing we realized was, again, our toddler was getting into a bad habit of watching this little color video and toy video on YouTube kids, but he would have an iPad. So he was in control of like tap, tap, tap and doing this stuff. And of course it occupied his attention so I could like do something, but that is so bad and so dangerous because it could form an addictive habit for him that was totally unnecessary. And also after some of these little YouTube kid videos, I noticed he would have a whinier tone with me. And sure enough, I think the connection was that some of the kids' voices were like, nah, 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 like kind of whiny. And I thought, oh, we need to cut that one out. So strategy of convenience, back to that. We decided for Christmas to get the, the kids some Echo Dots for their room so that you can play music and white noise at night and different things. And they can ask Alexa, what is the weather today? And they can help choose their outfits because that's what the girls are doing these days is trying to learn how to put together outfits and have more independence there. So instead of um, our toddler having an iPad for the white noise or music at night, he has a little Echo Dot and we mute it so he can't you know, control what music or this or that is played. It has helped so much so in the mornings there's no ipad there's no kindle there's no nothing for the kids to grab while we're like in the shower or getting breakfast ready because a lot of times kids end up having so much more screen time because they catch you when you're distracted <laughs> they know if you're not paying attention so that's how i you know set goals as far as like for myself and for parenting and, the, and then for personal goals here's how i would i'll just walk you through one example that i'm going to also focus on in 2019 i'm just going to get back to the basics when it comes to health and 
and just my general wellness. Every year you get older, it's like so important to come back to the basics. So I'm going to focus on water and sleep because again, those foundational habits give you the most bang for your buck, so to speak. They have the most powerful domino effect. Once I have established better water and sleep habits, then I can more easily tackle those other goals that I have down the road. So that's one final thought for you about goals. Now that I've articulated this out loud for you, I hope that helps. So establishing your foundational habits and goals first will more easily allow you and I to build and add other good healthy habits that will challenge us and motivate us to become stronger and more kind and more loving and more energetic and whatever else you may be desiring this year. So let's review these tips and then we'll move forward. Check your foundation, narrow your focus, let go of old expectations, release long carried burdens, and craft goals prayerfully and reevaluate your life right now. Okay, so I hope these tips were helpful for you. And if you have any questions or thoughts to add, could you message me or post on in Sunday Afternoon Mama's Instagram or Facebook whenever you can this week and just ask your questions there? That'd be awesome. So moving forward to some of my favorite things during this season, I would say, honestly, right now, it's peppermint hot chocolate. It's kind of only around the holidays, and we're not that far away from Christmas, so I'm still really into it. <laughs> it, it just doesn't work for me any other times of the year. Is that weird? I just love it during like November through January. Chocolate with peppermint is one of my favorite combinations of all time. I mean, we had that combination in our wedding cake. <laughs> it's so, so good. All right, so let's move forward to a mom win and some listener feedback that I heard the other day. This is so cool. So one of our listeners, Danielle, was listening to the episode about stepping into joy and she had some really great things that encouraged her. So this is what Danielle said. I listened to your new podcast today while my boys were napping and it's just what I needed to hear. I had been feeling tired and sorry for myself this morning due to getting up three times last night with our three-month-old baby and being cooped up indoors for an entire week because of the California wildfires which have resulted in smoky and unsafe air quality. I decided to get myself a snack, get moving, and remember how blessed I am that we still have our home and our family intact. Hearing your words made a big difference in my mood and therefore my family's mood this afternoon. We're praying to get rain tonight. I appreciate your openness and honesty in this podcast. Those hard times help define who we are. And then we had a little conversation through Instagram messaging and I was so happy to hear that she, as we prayed for rain, she sent me a picture a few days later where it had rained and her, her little one was out in the rain and oh, I felt so grateful. So if you have any feedback like that to share, you can message me on Instagram or Facebook. That would be awesome. Okay, here's my recent mom win and this is a personal one. So just at the grocery store with my little toddler. I <laughs> have to remember this and it's not always easy, but I used that strategy of just being as bubbly and upbeat as I could when we went to the grocery store because happy mama equals happy kids. So I was telling him a little bit more detail about what we were doing as we did it in the store, like shopping and pointing out different items and this and that and smiling a lot, not letting other people bother me or not worrying too much what they think of me. You know, if someone cuts in front of you in an aisle or is like seems to be glaring at you for some reason, just like not letting it stick to me. And we went at a good time of day. Like we went in this mid morning, which is my favorite window of time to go. We, I had a treat ready for him towards the end. I took a favorite toy of his to play with in the cart. Anyways, it all contributed to a very happy little boy and a very successful trip to the store. <laughs> I felt so grateful. 
Okay, well, we only have one quick little segment left, and that's a bumblebee moment. And that's because when my six-year-old daughter was younger, she used to say bumblebee for bumblebee. It's just those cute moments that kids say or do something random or silly, and it just helps us to laugh and not take everything so seriously. Okay, so this is one from a friend first. Um, we were all hanging out over Thanksgiving break several months ago, and her little boy was playing with his cousins, and someone asked him, do you like so-and-so or so-and-so better, like out of the cousins? And he looked back and forth at them and just said, I yike myself. <laughs> I just was dying. All the grown-ups in the room were just hysterically laughing. I yike myself. <laughs> It was so, so sweet. Okay, and then my last bumblebee moment is my uh, six-year-old daughter was reading me her Christmas wish list a while ago, and she had written down two things. And, she, you know, she did the, like, number sign, like, number one, number two. But as she read me the list, this is how she said it. She's like, hashtag one and hashtag two. <laughs> and I was like, wow, sign of the times. <laughs> she didn't realize it's, like, number one. <laughs> number two like that that little tic-tac-toe looking sign is not just a hashtag <laughs> anyways it's just so funny how quickly kids you know can pick up technology and like oh so many things and it i mean things my grandparents would never have imagined possible technology come has come so far but anyways well <laughs> That will wrap up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Screenshot today as you're listening and share it on your social media as well. Come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.